Welcome to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com, the show that's here to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting while providing great advice for individuals and small business owners on how to mitigate their tax liabilities. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Belsis Smalley. Good afternoon, listeners, and thank you for joining us on Tax Avoidance is Legal. I am your host, Belsa Smalley. And I am your host, Craig Smalley. Before we get into this, I just want to know how many people's brackets are busted. Who saw Purdue losing in the first round? And what about Yaler and Bale? I, ba- Baylor? I never saw that coming. So my bracket is busted, but I will tell you my my winner of the whole tournament is still in. So, And I know that you wanted to know that for sure, Belsus. Of course I did. Uh, Mr. Indiana here, he has to have a little sports talk. No matter how hard I try to avoid it, I live in a house full of boys and just can't escape the sports talk. So (laughs) anyway, um, back to business. This is week two of our show, and we're really excited to be again uh, live on the air with you. And um, if you listened in last week, you heard us be a bit shaky. It was our first uh, show, so hopefully we will... Things will go a little smoother this time, Um, but uh, we have decided to challenge ourselves with making the topic of taxes fun and interesting, so please don't turn the channel. I I assure you we have some really good information for you. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about something that is um, it's become very, very, very common, and we're going to be discussing the difference between an employee and an independent contractor. Now, there are so many companies out there that are getting this wrong. They're paying people that are actually employees as independent contractors, or um, and and it could be a mess. So. We're live on the air and we're happy to take calls. So the call in number is 1 888 Go For It or 1 888 463 6748. Before we move on to having some fun, I have to uh, just uh, go through some boring uh, legal mumble jumbo here. Um, so bear with me. I just wanted to stress that the advice given on tax avoidance is legal, is general in nature. Craig W. Smalley, EA, and CWSEAPALLP and their associated entities cannot be held responsible for the advice given on this radio show. You should always consult with your tax or legal advisor. So just want to make that uh, clear and put that out there. Um, tax Avoidance is Legal can be found on the internet. We do have a website. It's www.taxavoidanceislegal.com. And you can email us your questions throughout the week. Uh, just send um, any of your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Any now, Belsis, now, Belsis, can they send that during the show as well? They sure can. Uh, what we try to do is any emails that we receive throughout the week through Wednesday, we definitely, um, that gives us enough time to get those uh, questions featured on Friday's live show. However, I do check that email throughout the entire show. So if you're a latecomer, if you didn't know about us until today, uh, don't let that hold you back. Please go ahead and send in your email and we will do our very best to get that um, on the air today. And again, as Craig mentioned, we are live, so you can give us a call at one eight four four. Oh, wait, no, one eight eight eight. Go for it. Um, so please don't hesitate to email or give us a call while we're on the air, and we will do our very, very best to get your questions answered. And I, I, I want to point out that this show is sponsored by CWS EAPA LLP. Um, 
We're a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. So, um, you know, if you like what you hear today or, you know, you need some accounting advice, please give us a call at 844-CWS-EAPA or 844-297-3272. We're also being sponsored by... He kind of cut out there. So it's uh, 1-844-297-3272. And we're also... We're also sponsored by Tax Crisis Center, which is the nation's premier tax resolution firm. So um, if you have any tax problems, please give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Now, I'm very sorry for interrupting, Belsis, so go ahead. Oh, no problem. I am used to it. (laughs) So let's begin our discussion. Um, Today, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about... um, uh, independent contractors versus employees. And in our practice, we get a lot of questions about how our clients should be paying um, their employees. So Craig, can you discuss when a worker is uh, should be considered an employee um, of a business or when they should be deemed an independent contractor? Yes. Now, this is something that is becoming very, very popular, and it's becoming very popular more in the technology field than anywhere else. So if you're in the Silicon Valley or if you're, you know, somewhere else, a lot of people will start paying people as independent contractors. So let me explain um, something that um, the IRS is very, very, very strict about who's an employee and who isn't. So um, you're considered an employee if you're if you meet these following uh, guidelines. If you're paid by the hour or by the piece, you work under somebody's direction, you work at somebody's location, you have your own desk, you have your own cubicle, you talk to clients on behalf of, uh, of your employer, uh, you have to be very, very, very careful. If any of those are true, then you are an employee. Now, an independent contractor is somebody like us. We would be your accountant and I may come to your office and I may, um, you know, do something on your computer or fix something or have a meeting with you, but I'm truly independent. This is what I do for a living and I have other clients. So um, I'm a truly independent contractor and that's something to really, really, really keep in mind. So if you have employees that you're paying Um, is independent contractors, then you really need to get on the right side of that and and turn them into employees. And if I'm not mistaken, it sounds like if, uh, from what what I know, if you do uh, misclassify your workers, you could be facing some penalties. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes. Now, um, and and let me sort of explain why uh, people want to classify people as independent contractors. When you have an employee, there are so many things that you have to do. You have to, um, when you pay an employee, you withhold Social Security and Medicare. Well, the company has to match that. So they have to pay the 7.65%. Then they've got to pay unemployment. So um, the companies that, um, you know, that, that pay people as independent contractors, they don't have to do any of that. So if they don't, if they don't, 
and the IRS comes in and deems somebody as an employee, which is we're going to go over later on how that comes about and how that uh, how that works out. If they deem somebody as an employee, you've got to pay all the taxes that you didn't pay um, on on the amount of money that you paid them. Plus, you've got to pay something called a trust fund penalty, and the trust fund penalty is one hundred percent of the taxes that you didn't pay. So if you're doing this for more than one person, you have them as an independent contractor and not as an employee and they're really an employee, it would open it up to everybody that you're paying that way. So you've gotta be very, very, very careful. Um, Are there any other reasons why an employer may want to pay workers as independent contractors? Um, Is there any kind of um benefit for them? Do they save on taxes or? Um... Yeah, they do. They do. And yeah, like I said, you know, it's the Social Security and Medicare really that, that um, you know, the employers are saving on. And what you about know, work, workers comp? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Workers comp. So um, our uh, one of our offices is in Florida. So this is Florida state law and every state is a little bit different. But in Florida, after you've hired your third employee, you have to get workers' compensation insurance. So um, the owners of a business are exempt from workers' comp, but once you've hired your third employee, you have to get workers' comp insurance, and it's very expensive. And then um, you've got to pay unemployment tax on your workers. So in the state of Florida, in the state of Florida, um, you know, unemployment tax is 2.7% up to $8,000. And then you've got to pay federal unemployment, which is basically about $42 per employee. And then we haven't even talked about fringe benefits. So if you have fringe benefits, um, you know, you have to, um, for yourself. So if you're the owner of a business, you know, what you do for yourself, you have to do for your employees. So if you have fringe benefits like health insurance or medical reimbursement plans or 401ks, whatever you're doing for yourself, you have to do for your employees. And all of that costs a lot of money. And that's why people don't want to classify their workers as um, as employees. They would rather classify them as independent contractors. Sure. It sounds like they, uh, they could be uh, saving a lot of money by doing that. However, I know for a fact that you represent a lot of clients um, before the Internal Revenue Service, and I'm only guessing that uh, you've probably represented uh, clients before who have been accused of misrepresenting their workers, and I'm betting that all that money they saved um, by being uh, cheap on one end, they're probably uh, going to be getting themselves in a lot bigger trouble by doing the wrong thing. Is that correct? Have you represented anybody like that that's been accused of uh, doing Yeah, that? So, so this is my favorite. So Belsis is also my wife, and she hears a lot of my war stories. And the greatest thing now is that we work together. And before, I could never tell her a lot of things because obviously we have confidential and privileged information. But now that she's a part owner of the business, I can tell her everything. So um, I'm going to, I've been on both sides of this. I've represented an employee and I've also represented a company that was misclassifying their workers. So 
Um, what was horrible was the company that was misclassifying their workers. When they were misclassifying them, they had 25 different people that they were paying as independent contractors. And when I went into the audit, you know, the examiner, the first thing he did was he mentioned everything that, that I mentioned, you know, do you pay them by the hour, by the piece? Um, do they work at your location? Do they have a desk? Do they work under your direction? Um, certain things like that. And, you know, the answers to those questions were yes. So, um, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. So what they had to do was they had to go back and, um, you know, take these employees and uh, turn around and they had to pay all the taxes that were due on them, plus the 100% trust fund penalty. And it, the, their penalty ended up being, it was in excess of $50,000. So it was very expensive. And then I've also represented an employee that um, was misclassified as an independent contractor. So, um, you know, that was uh, th that was something else. So, you know, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Definitely not. Well, this topic is uh, just getting started here, uh, just starting to get interesting. Um, we're going to be going into a break here in a minute. Um, but I wanted to remind you guys that you can call us at one 888 go for it or 1-888-463-6748 with your questions and on the other side of the break we will uh, come back and discuss employer responsibilities um, so just uh, hang in there with us and uh, give us a call or send us an email and when we return from our break we will be happy to um, touch on employer responsibilities at tax crisis center llc we solve tax problems for a living if you have a tax problem with the IRS, you've probably been inundated with postcards and letters from different tax resolution companies all over the country. Tax Crisis Center LLC is the country's premier tax resolution company. Unlike other tax resolution companies that will take your money and do nothing for you, once we are retained, we go to work. We get results for our clients and will handle your IRS problem professionally and expeditiously. Don't let the IRS push you around anymore. Give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Email us at help at taxcrisiscenter.com or visit us on the web at www.taxcrisiscenter.com and let your voice be heard. CWS EAPA is a financial services company specializing in taxation and tax-related issues. Tax planning is a year-round activity. The biggest mistake that people make is thinking about taxes during tax time. When you have a complex tax situation, you need to plan for taxes on a year-round basis. Our specialty is mitigating our clients' tax obligations through careful tax planning. Tax avoidance is legal. Call us today at 1-844-CWS-EAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can visit us on the web at cwseapa.com or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Put us to work for you today. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. 
Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we're discussing employee versus independent contractor. I want to remind everyone that you can call in. Um, we are live on the air. And if you'd like to call in with your questions or comments, you can uh, do that at 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or one 888 463-6748. You can also send us an email um, at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And um, just to let you know a little bit, if you haven't uh, been tuning in before the break, we were discussing the difference between employee versus independent contractor. Um, we get this a lot in our practice. A lot of employers um, who don't know what they should classify, they bring somebody on and then don't know if it they should be an employee or an independent contractor and what the differences are. So we're just uh, delving a little deeper into that. And um, now that we've discussed a little bit about what the differences are, we want to talk about what the responsibilities are to the employer. So, Craig, um, now that uh, now that we've gone into what the differences are, can you explain... Um, a little bit more to me. Uh, you ex- you mentioned that what you do for yourself, you have to do for your employees. What exactly does that mean? Well, this is very, very interesting. So obviously you go into business for yourself and you want to reap all the benefits of going into business. So there are retirement plans that are uh, favored in uh in your uh, in your favor. So, for instance, there's something called a set plan where you can put 25% of your compensation into a retirement plan. There's also 401k plans where you can um, divert a portion of your salary into a retirement plan, and then the company can match that. Well. If you have employees, whatever you're doing for yourself, you have to also do for your employees. So I know um, in, our, in our office, we have something called a simple plan. And a simple plan is a retirement plan. So we open that up to all of our employees. They are welcome to be part of the simple plan, of the retirement plan. And then we, we match that because what we're doing for ourselves, we, we have to do for our employees. And then... Um, in our company, um, we don't have any fringe benefits uh, because we're an S corporation and we're limited to the amount of fringe benefits that we can have. But if you have a company where you have fringe benefits, so for instance, it's common for a company to have education fringe benefits. So you can um, pay up to $5,500 for somebody that's going to school, one of your employees. Well, if you or yourself, so if you wanted to go to grad school or finish up your degree, the company could pay for that. But if it pays for it for you, it also has to do that for your employees. You would have to pay um, for your employees. Another thing is, uh, you know, insurance, health insurance. That's a big topic these days, especially especially with the Affordable Care Act. So. Um, back before the Affordable Care Act, what we used to do was um, the employees could go out and get their own individual plans and the employer could reimburse them for the plans. Well, after the ACA, we could no longer do that. So if we have health insurance for our company, uh, we have to open that up to our employees. So our employees have to be part of that. So um, also, and I did touch I, I, on this. Have a quick oh, question s- for you. I'm sorry to interrupt Absolute. you, but no, 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 uh, no, no. 
I talk things, too much, so go ahead. It's okay. One of the things you mentioned over and over a lot, and I did just get um, an email um, question about, is um, you keep saying fringe benefits by um, some folks out there who are listening in on the show um, don't exactly know what a fringe benefit is. Um, so when you say fringe benefit, are you talking about insurance um, benefits yeah. and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let me back up a little bit. So, um, there's certain, and it's a sort of a long explanation, but um, if you're an S corporation, if you are the shareholder of an S corporation and you're more than a 2% shareholder of an S corporation, you cannot have fringe benefits or you can't be the benefit of a fringe benefit in your company. So um, if you're an S corporation, this usually doesn't apply to you. But if you're a C corporation or something else, fringe benefits, that would be, you know, that would be health insurance. That would be uh, medical reimbursement plans where, um, you know, you can have a plan set aside where you can put in $5,000 per employee and that can reimburse you for any out-of-pocket medical plans that you have. There's also company cars, you know, uh, I wish I worked for a company that bought my car and paid for all of my car expenses. And then there's little Frank's benefits like parking. So if you work somewhere and the company pays for your parking, that's also a Frank's benefit. So, um, you know, a lot of times the owner of the company wants to slant those um, Frank's benefits for themselves. But when you have employees, what you're doing for yourself, you absolutely have to do for your employees. If you don't, you can get into a lot of trouble. Great. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I just, uh, have I am so, I'm so sorry about that. It's, you know, Frank's benefits is like everybody's supposed to know what that is. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. That's what I'm here for is to get, make sure that the, uh, the audience kind of viewpoint gets across. Cause I know that, um, a lot of folks may not be uh, aware. There's a lot of lingo in accounting, believe it or not. I know that, um, when I first started out, I didn't understand some of the terms. So I'm just trying to kind of be the advocate for those out there. Now, when we're talking about, um, one of the things that we get a lot is, um, folks not knowing, um, about the forms, the different forms associated with being an employee versus um, a independent contractor. I'll get uh, questions a lot. Does that mean I now have to, you know, create 1099s for this person or um, are they going to get a W-2? Can you go into discussing the different forms um, and how that uh, comes into play with regards to what, if you're an employee versus um, an independent contractor? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's so funny because, you know, I work, you know, I'm, I, I'm a tax person. So there's a form for anything you want to do with the, with the IRS. So if you, um, if you have an employee before you pay that employee, um, you have to have them fill out a W-4 form. And most people are familiar with that. That's the form that you fill out with your name, your address, your social security number, whether you're single or married and how many dependents you have. And the reason why your employer needs Needs that is when they pay you, they need to know how to withhold um, federal tax. So you withhold federal tax based upon how many dependents you have. And then at the end of the year, uh, the employer has to send you a W-2 form and they have to send it to you before January 31st. Now, um, there is something special about that. If you've moved um, and you haven't informed your employer and your employer has sent a W-2, 
um, and you no longer work for the company um, and the W-2 has come back or something, um, they've already fulfilled their obligation of sending it. So if you left on bad terms, sometimes you may not get it from them. So you have to go to the IRS and get a transcript, but that's a discussion for another day. Now, um, for independent contractors, you're not out of the weeds. You still have to have them fill out a form. So what I tell people all the time is before you pay somebody that's an independent contractor, always have them fill out a W-9 form. Now, on a W-9 form, it will have um, the person's name, social security number. If it's a company, it'll be the company's name, their employer identification number, and address because once you've paid that person more than $600 in any year, you have to send them a 1099 at the end of the year. Now, 1099s are due to be given to the contractors by the 15th of February. So um, that's something. And if you haven't gotten your 1099, you should you know, call the company that you've worked for and, and get a copy of the, the 1099. But those are the requirements that you have to do. So it's funny how many hoops you have to jump through, but... It is, you know, just just part of just part of being in business. Absolutely. And um, if you are an employer and let's say you don't comply with these regulations as it applies to issuing the different tax forms, um, is there any kind of penalty or trouble that you can get yourself into as an employer? Yes, there is. Yes, there. So your responsibility as an employer and your responsibility is is anybody working for you is you have to give them documentation enough documentation so they can fulfill their tax filing obligations and if you don't so for instance let's say that you don't send those uh you have employees and you don't send the w-2s by january 31st well your employees can call the Internal Revenue Service and the next thing you know, you're getting a letter from the IRS. You may get a revenue officer knocking on your business door wanting to know where the W-2 forms are. So um, it's really important that you send those out because you don't want uh, a revenue officer showing up at your place of business, you know, because I'm not a doctor, but I know that there is a direct correlation between a revenue officer showing up and a heart attack. So, um, absolutely, you want to be very careful uh, uh, about that. Also, um, and and so the penalty for that would be um, the IRS basically forcing you to do it. If you don't do it, if you still don't do it after that, it's a $500 penalty for each W-2 that you haven't sent out. Now, for subcontractors, um, you're supposed to send a 1099 to them by the 15th of February. Now, if you haven't done that, the IRS isn't really, um, they don't really, uh, there is a penalty for it, but the IRS more or less usually doesn't enforce it. And the reason why they don't enforce um, the penalty is that if you're in business for yourself, you're supposed to be keeping track of, and anybody that's getting a 1099 is supposedly in business for themselves. You're supposed to be keeping track of all of your income and all of your expenses. So um, the IRS isn't as strict about that. So if you haven't gotten a 1099, then you know you would have to 
uh, call the employer and then, you know, go from there. So um, that's pretty much what the penalties are. Well, that's, that makes things a lot more clear. I'm certain that nobody out there wants an IRS agent at their door. Um, as you said, it definitely, uh, we get a lot of those, uh, you know, phone calls where people are freaking out when the IRS shows up at their door. They are definitely not a welcome visitor. So definitely. No, they uh, are not. <laughs> definitely important for folks to follow the, the rules and uh, keep themselves free of those penalties and getting themselves in trouble with the IRS. Um, and it's about time for another break for us. Um, so you're listening to Tax Avoidance is Legal, hosted by Craig and Belsa Smalley. We're going to go for a quick break. We want to remind you guys that we are live and you can give us a call at one 888 go for it if you have any questions or comments or concerns and um, when we get back um, from the break um, we are going to talk we're going to take the other uh, side we're going to take a look at what um, you can do if you are uh, misclassified as a worker so uh, when we come back from the break we'll talk about um, what happens if you are misclassified as a worker Forming a corporation or LLC can separate personal assets from your business assets. No matter what state your business operates in, forming a corporation or LLC in Nevada, Delaware, or Florida has benefits. For example, forming a corporation in Nevada offers privacy and no corporate income tax. Forming a corporation in Delaware can give you the legal protection of the state of Delaware, which is business friendly. On top of the legal reasons to form a corporation, there are tax benefits as well. Give us a call today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or email us at info at CWSEAPA.com. Come and see what you've been missing. Payroll can be a nightmare for a small business. When you have employees, you have to pay them periodically, pay the taxes associated with them, and file quarterly tax reports with the Internal Revenue Service and the state that your business operates in. Our payroll is seamless. It is done through a cloud-based system. All you do is put in what you are paying your employees and approve your payroll. We handle the rest. Our fees are lower than the national payroll companies, too. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or visit us on the web at CWSEAPAPayrollService.com. At Albernus Business Services Incorporated, we view ourselves as your internal bookkeeping department and are always improving ways to leverage proven cloud technologies to streamline and improve the efficiency of our outsourced services. With an in-house bookkeeper, you would run the cost of about $45,000 a year, but with our monthly services, it would be a fraction of that cost. Let us help you with the tedious, time-consuming side of your business so you can focus on growing your business. Call us today at 1-877-695-6658. Our website is albernusservices.com or email dalbernus at albernusservices.com. Your success is our business. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Uh, thank you so much for joining us after our break. 
We are discussing employee versus independent contractor. And as I mentioned before, we are live and you can give us a call at one 888 go for it if you have any questions or you can email those to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Um, before the break, we discussed the responsibilities of the employer. And um, something that we see a lot in our practice is um, a uh, person will come in and they've been wrongly classified as an independent contractor. So, um, Craig, could you talk a little bit about that? What happens if you are wrongly classified as an independent contractor and you don't think you should be? Well, uh this is this is a good uh, uh, this is a very good topic. So, I want to let you know that I um, I've been doing this for 22 years, and my favorite thing in the world is uh, you know is to stand up for my clients' rights. So, I will have a uh, somebody that will come to me, um, and they will have a 1099, and anytime they give me a 1099. I always ask them a bunch of questions about what they did to get this 1099. So uh, the first question I always ask them is, um, are you in business for yourself? Have you, um, you know, are you paid by the hour? You know, the same questions that I went over in the, in the, and if they say yes to that, well, then what I do is um, there's a form that you can fill out when you file your tax return. It's a form SSH. So what you do is on the tax return, you put that 1099 in as wages. Now, you have to pay the tax that is due, the federal tax that is due, and you also have to pay one half of Social Security and Medicare, but um, you fill out the SSA, and the SSA just asks all the questions that we were talking about earlier, and you file that with uh, the Internal Revenue Service. And then what you're doing is you're asking the IRS to make the determination for you. So um, the employer does not want that, okay? So let me explain oh, I bet why. they don't. I have a feeling that the employer... Um definitely wouldn't like that at all no because that <laughs> opens no that opens up an entire employment audit so yeah could, could you talk a little bit about what exactly happens to the employer and also what happens to the employee on the other end if they um, if you have to file that form with the IRS well, that's a very good question. Typically, you want to file that form with the IRS if you're no longer working for the company because you'll be fired because the company, <laughs> but you will, the company will know that you're the one that did it. So um, in a full-blown employer audit, what the, what the IRS will basically do is come in and audit all of your independent contractors and, and all of your employees, make sure that you're paying them correctly. And if you're not, then we go back to these penalties and um, everything else. Now, there is something that is, um, is interesting with all of that is that um, I've had this happen to one of my clients where um, you know, before I was their accountant, they had misclassified their workers and, um, you know, what they were doing. And this is common, um, like I said, in the beginning of the show um, in the Silicon Valley or in any technology field is what will happen is in the beginning, they'll call you a temporary worker. Or yeah, we actually, uh, we actually have a uh, email that did come in that kind of matches that scenario. So I'll I'll go into that in a, in a bit, but that's kind of funny that, that you just mentioned that. We just happened to get an email 
very similar to that. Yeah, so this is kind of funny. You'll go in as a temporary worker, and for 90 days, what they'll do is they'll pay you as an independent contractor. And then um, what they'll do after that 90-day period is they'll put you on and pay you as a W-2. Now, the Internal Revenue Service has a standing rule, and they've had this standing rule forever. They deem that once you're an employee, you're always an employee. So what they'll do is they'll go back to the time that you were paying them as an independent contractor and go, hey, wait a minute, they were doing the exact same job. So we want our social security, we want our Medicare tax. And um, in this particular case, for this client, I was able to get the trust fund penalty waived. But it took it took a lot to get that happen. But, you know, they'll ask the 100% trust fund penalty and, and all of that. So if you're a worker that um, thinks that you're misclassified, that's how you rectify the situation is you just let the IRS figure it out and they will figure it out. So, and it's, but um, I always tell workers, make sure you're no longer working there because um, nine times out of 10, they'll come in and they'll fire you. Yeah, the employer's definitely not gonna be happy that you've done this to them. But um, what happens if you, you do that? Um, it goes to the IRS. Uh, this is actually a question that just came in. You do that, you go to the IRS, um, let them figure it out and they still say, no, we think you are a, a independent contractor. Is that kind of the end of the line or is there, is there additional stuff you could do to fight it beyond that? Um, I can tell you in 22 years, I've never seen that happen. But yeah. if, that, if that was the case, I would want to, you can appeal that. So mm-hmm. um, I would want to see what the original um, SS8 form was that was sent. I would want to see additional information. And, and you have a right. So if the IRS ever rules against you in something, you always have a right to an appeal. And a lot of people don't realize that. You can always appeal it. So um, it would depend on what the circumstances are and, you know, um, and all of that. But, but the remedy to that is to appeal it. You would just appeal it. Perfect. Now, um, since you were just talking about the scenario, I wanted to kind of bring in this question that we received um, from Thomas in San Francisco. He wrote in and he says, "Um, I worked for a technology company last year. They had me sign an independent contractor agreement, but I worked at the company's location. I had my own cubicle. I was paid by the hour. I had a set work schedule with sick days and time off. Um, Shouldn't I be considered an employee? Yes, absolutely. So um, what's common is what they'll do is is employers will have you sign an independent contractor agreement. And a lot of times in that independent contractor agreement, you'll agree that uh, the uh, taxes that are owed on the money that are that's paid to you is up to you. But here's the thing. Federal law supersedes state law. Okay. So um, in the state, the state may say one thing. So I do want to uh, point out that we are on in different states, but the state may have some different wage and hour law. But um, for the IRS's purposes, the IRS, um, you can't shift your tax liability or your tax burden off to somebody else. So you can't do that. You can't, um, you know, have somebody sign something that says that they're going to pay what your tax liability should have been. So 
um, if all of those are, are true and what was that, they had a cubicle and they were mm-hmm. working under the direction of the employer and all of that. If that's true, um, file the SS8 and let the IRS figure it out. Because to me, it sounds like you're an employee. And I do want to stress that you cannot sign away your tax. Um, you, you can't you can't take responsibility for somebody else's tax liability. It doesn't work that way. So, so in, in um, this case, the fact that they made him sign that independent contractor agreement um, could mean nothing if they're still treating him like an employee, correct? Yeah, it means nothing at all because you can't shift your um, your tax burden off on anybody else. So, um, and that's really, really, really important. It doesn't it doesn't matter what that independent contractor agreement says. Well, that's great. That was just a perfect timing of that question because you happen to be talking about technology and that is one of those fields that, like you had mentioned earlier, we see this a lot. Um, I just want to remind our listeners that you can call into the show, 1-888-GO-FOR-IT, or you can uh, email us your questions. Um, We have been getting a pretty good flow of emails coming in, so if we don't get to your question today, um, we will definitely still answer your question and and respond to you. So um, please don't let that discourage you from sending in your questions. Um, Feel free to also give us a call. We do have another question, Craig, if you don't mind um, me reading it off to you. No, absolutely not. This one comes from Mike um, in Indianapolis, your your home hometown there, Craig, your home state. Um, hey, go Hoosiers. We're a Hoosier, yeah. Love the Hoosiers. <laughs> oh, he does. Um, uh, it says here, I own a company. I outsource my bookkeeping to a bookkeeper. She comes into the office once a week to post checks and reconcile accounts. I pay her by the hour. She has her own business. Am I breaking any rules um, by paying her as a contractor? Absolutely not. No. Um, the key to that is she has her own business. So she does this for other people. So um, one of the keys there. So um, and that's a very good question, because I know that that can um, what I said about, you know, obviously, this person is coming in to somebody's office, they're posting checks. So they may have their own computer, they may have, um, you know, they're working under the direction of the person, you know, they're telling them that, you know, what the checks are for and how to post them. But What's important in that question is they're in business for themselves. They do this for other people. So if that person has other clients or, you know, something similar to that, then absolutely they are an independent contractor and always will be. So you're not doing anything wrong by paying them as an independent contractor. That's wonderful. Yeah, we do see that a lot. Um, And typically, these are folks who, like you said, have already formed their own corporation. So usually, um, you're uh, writing out a 1099 to that corporation in the corporation's name rather than the individual's personal name um, and personal social. It's usually a corporation with their EIN number and and stuff like that. Um, We see that a lot. Um, well, I am, we do have a couple of more emails that are coming in. I'm going to read through those, uh, but we're getting ready to go to break. Um, before we break, I just want to let you guys uh, know that you can visit our website at taxavoidanceislegal.com. There is a form there that you can fill out and submit your questions or comments to us, as well as you can email them to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Um, or you can give us a call uh, if you want to be live on the air. Um, just give us a call at one eight 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 go for it. We're going to take a brief break, and um, after the break, we are going to um, discuss a couple more questions that have come in and um, 
get those questions answered. So hang in there and uh, tune back in after the break. If you are a business that has outgrown your accountant but are not big enough for one of the big four accounting firms, CWS EAPA Consulting may be perfect for you. We specialize in tax consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. We can advise you on whether it is time to start a holding company or management company to mitigate your tax liability. We can advise you on whether it is a good time to expand your business, hire employees, buy equipment, or lease equipment. There are different tax reasons to do different things. Let our over 22 years of experience work for you. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can email us at info at cwseapa.com or visit us on the web at cwseapa.com. We're doing something amazing and we want you to be a part of it. Craig Smalley is the author of 12 books regarding taxation. Two of his books have been revised this year. It starts with an idea revised edition takes you through the startup of a company. It talks about taxes, entity structuring, the IRS, and so much more. The Complete Guide to Estate, Gifts, and Trust Taxation Revised Edition is about how to navigate the complex estate tax. Both books have just been released by CWSEAPA Publishing, LLC, and are on sale now at Amazon.com. Now, let's get back to Craig and Belsis Smalley for more of Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today, we've been discussing employee versus independent contractor, and we are live on the air. If you want to call in, the number is one go for it. Um, I know it's uh, lunchtime right now, and a lot of folks... Uh, apparently can't be calling in. We've been getting a lot of emails today, which is great. If you are unable to call in, please go ahead and visit our website at www.taxavoidanceislegal.com or send us an email at info at com, and we will be happy to uh, answer your questions on the air. Um, we have been getting a steady flow of emails, so if we don't get to your email today um, on the air, we will definitely still respond and answer your questions. So feel free to send those emails in. Um, and before we went on break, um, we answered a few of the emails. We have another one um, that I think will be a great one for you to tackle, Craig. So uh, let me read this one out to you if you're good with that. Absolutely. Uh, this one comes from Paul in New York City. He wrote, I work for a couple of employers doing IT services. I work at the employer's location um, when I have to troubleshoot, and I also work remotely sometimes. They're paying my company as a contractor. Are they handling this correctly? Is this the right way to do it? Yes, it is. And again, you own your, you know, you do this for a living. So that's what's uh, most important is, you know, you're in business for yourself. You do IT services for other people. You have um, you know, other companies that you're doing this for. I mean, uh, regardless of the fact that you have to sometimes go to their business and troubleshoot and, um, you know, things like that and all the different things, you know, it is, um, you are absolutely being paid correctly. So, um, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, um, you know, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So I do want to stress that I did, um, in the beginning say, 
Um, you know, if you work at somebody's location or something like that, I don't want to get that confused. If you're in business for yourself and you do the and you do what you're doing for that person for other people, then um, you're pretty much considered self-employed. So um, I don't want you to think. Well, you know, I was talking, you know, mostly about you know somebody that's a receptionist or somebody that's even in sales or um, somebody that's uh, works in an art department or, you know, something, you know, similar to that. That's um, really what I'm stressing that you're really, really an employee where you're there 40 yeah. hours a week. Yeah. You're, you know, you're being paid. So, um, you know, and or I'm you're sorry. Kind of de- dedicated to that, that particular um, business and, and exactly doing that, you know, 40 hours a week. Um, exactly. Friday, yeah. And the, and the last two questions, I don't want to um, confuse anybody, but it, you know, if you're in business to do this, if this is what you do for a living, you do it for other people, you have clients and things like that, then absolutely they're paying you correctly as an independent contractor. One of the things that um, we'll, we'll see a lot is folks who are um, independent contractors, um, you know, they'll come in at tax time and they've got, you know, 10 different 1099s and um, sometimes I, I mean, on, on my end, I'm sure probably you do as well, Craig, because you, you know, you're the professional who, um, who, who does the actual taxes. But on my end, when I see that, I kind of cringe if I don't, if I know that they are not, um, they haven't formed a corporation or anything like that, because it sound, looks to me like when I see 10, 1099s or th- something like that, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this person might be get, might get murdered, um, come you know, time to do their taxes. So are there any recommendations you could give folks out there who um, happen to work uh, as independent contractors um, or, or are moving into that situation on what they can do, um, you know, as far as um, mitigating their taxes because of the fact that they're going to be getting all these 1099s? Yeah, so we 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 went over this a lot in last week's episode, but we didn't really touch on this um, specifically. So yeah, I figured um, it kind of t- ties into yeah, the, absolutely, the it does. It does. So if you are um, if you are an independent contractor and um, you know you are getting a bunch of 1099s, or if you have you know one person that's giving you a 1099, you know what happens is that you have to um, you have to file Schedule C that is added to your 1040 form. So it's very simple, it's easy, and on the Schedule C, it's basically um, you know your uh, you know your income and then your expenses, and then after all of that, you've got to pay um, income tax on that, obviously, but. You also have to pay self-employment tax, and self-employment tax is 15.3%, and it's just basically Social Security and Medicare tax. So um, if you're in a situation where after your gross receipts and after all of your expenses, you're making about you know, ten or fifteen thousand dollars. You may want to consider uh, talking to your tax advisor and forming um, either an LLC taxes and S corporation or a corporation taxes and S corporation. And you know that way you can avoid um, the self-employment tax. But um, it's not something that you want to go into lightly because um, S corporations. Uh, there's different rules that you have to follow. So you really, really want to check with your tax advisor. But 
Um, really, if you're getting a lot of 1099s and, you know, like I said, if you're making more than ten dollars or $15,000 after your income and your expenses, it's something that you really want to sit down with a tax professional and, and talk about becoming an S-corporation. Yeah, it sounds like it, in that situation, it's going to be worth the additional costs and um, little you know nuances of managing and uh, creating uh, a company. But I know that um, it can it can have huge tax savings for you um, if you um, are at that threshold, as you said, and, and it's going to be worth the expense of forming the corporation. And you do have to take that into consideration. Um, I know in our practice, Craig never advises um, anyone of uh, doing anything um, just so that we can collect a fee. We are always conscious of um, what's in the person's best interest. So, um, yeah, that's that's exactly it, and that's you know that's why I always use the uh, you know th- that's why I always use the you know the ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars because you know a ten thousand dollar you know because if you form this S corporation, you've got to file a tax return, and it's not really you have to file an S corporation tax return. And it's not really something you should tackle on your own. You would have to hire um, an accountant to do it. And then, um, then, you know, that, that tax return flows over to your personal return. And then you've got to pay the accountant to do your personal return. And then you've got to pay the state and corporation fees and, um, you know, different things like that. So um, I would never, ever in my life tell a client to do something where I'm collecting more in a fee than they are um, saving in taxes. So that's a very, very good point. So um, that's why, you know, I don't like to give blanket um, answers to something. I always will say, you know, check with your tax advisor because there's always different nuances and everything. And that may not be, um, you know, the answer for you. Absolutely. And and don't be afraid out if you're uh, out there um, considering, uh, you know, doing this type of thing, don't be afraid to ask the questions. Uh, what is it going to cost me versus what am I saving? Because unfortunately, there are a lot of folks out there who are more than happy to collect a fee um, and may not have your uh, always have your best interests in mind. So uh, I, I always uh, I always admire that about Craig um, and the fact that he um, always uh, lets folks know, you know, the, the honest truth. If it's time to incorporate, if it's not yet, um, and what it's going to cost them. So always keep that in mind. Um, well, we're, we're near the end of our show time, unfortunately. Um, we do have a couple other questions, and we will make sure to get those answered for you. We will send you a response. Um, but uh, we do need to wrap up. Um, if we didn't get to your emailed question on the air, we will email you back. Remember to visit us at uh, www.taxavoidanceislegal.com and email your questions throughout, throughout the week. Uh, you can also email them um, to us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And uh, tune in next week. We're going to be discussing the topic of what you should do when you owe the IRS money, which I'm certain is going to be a quite a hot topic. I oh, I, I absolutely yeah. love that topic. So, oh, I know. Yes. Craig is just salivating right now. Just can't wait to get these these questions in throughout the week. So if you're somebody out there who owes the IRS money, please uh, tune in next week. We're going to have a really packed show with a lot of information. Our show is sponsored by Tax Crisis Center, LLC, and CWSCAPA, LLC. CWSCAPA is a nationally recognized brand of accounting and tax and financial services, and you can always reach us at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to next week's show.